Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Woodzik. This episode is with Paul Constant, and we talk about the new Seattle Review of Books, which is really, really exciting. And we have links to the website, their Facebook page, and their Twitter handle in the episode description. So please hop over there. You'll see all the happenings for Seattle events, what new books are coming out, interviews with authors. You just, you're not going to want to miss any of this. It's so exciting. This episode is sponsored by Hedgebrook, Women Authoring Change. Hedgebrook is a literary nonprofit that supports visionary women writers, not only with programs at its would-be retreat, but also programs out in the world. And some upcoming events that you can attend include the annual Open House on Saturday, September 26th. That's from 1 to 4 at the would-be retreat. Lit Crawl. Uh, Hedgebrook is doing a reading. That's October 22nd. But also the same evening, Hedgebrook is co-presenting uh, an evening with Alison Bechtel. Yes, the Alison Bechtel of the Bechtel Test. And that's at Town Hall, same evening, October 22nd. And then just announced Glorious Dynam in Conversation with Cheryl Strayed at Benaroya Hall on November 8th. Holy wow. That's going to be amazing. Um, you can find information on all these events at hedgebrook.org. All right, please enjoy episode 39 with Paul Constant. Paul Constant to the Theatrical Mustang podcast. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm right before we started recording, you were talking about uh, being interviewed for NPR, which I was like, that that does not put any pressure on me. <laughs> uh, I better make this a really good, really good interview. Well, the thing about being recorded for NPR is that all I can think about is not swearing. Uh, when you're live on the air... You like, can swear here if you want well, to, if you have that tendency or desire. Holy shit, that's a relief because... <laughs> <laughs> because I every time I'm on NPR I sound like I'm I'm drugged and it's if you've ever heard me on NPR I I promise you it's it's just me using all of my mental faculties <laughs> to not swear. Um so so this is this is a real relief. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. So uh, at the time we're recording this, the Seattle Review of Books mm-hmm. Uni Project has been up for about a month. Yep, that's right. So exciting. I'm loving all of the content. Thank you. Tell me the origin story of this project. Well, uh, until this year, for the last seven years, I was the books editor at The Stranger. Um, And uh, in February of this year, I left The Stranger. And uh, the -the on-the-record reasons are that I disagreed with the direction the paper was going in. And (laughs) uh, so, uh, yeah, and I got a great job that I love, a day job. Um, I'm writing about politics for uh, Nick Hanauer um, in a group called Civic Ventures, which is civic-ventures.com. Uh, and we write about things like uh, raising the minimum wage, $15, and, and economic justice and and uh, and fighting income inequality. And I really enjoy that. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I've always been a very political writer, and so it scratches that itch. But... Um, I wanted to keep writing about books because I, I, for as long as I've been in Seattle, I moved here in 2000 and I got a job at Elliott Bay, the uh, 
week after I moved here, and uh, I worked there until I got a job as the books editor at The Stranger. So I've just been very involved in the literary scene, and I wanted to keep doing that in some some way. Right. Um, and so, uh, so I tried to feel out, you know, freelancing and uh, and things like that. But it turns out that there's not a huge market for book reviews uh, anymore. <laughs> Um, people aren't willing to pay for them and, uh, which is fine. You know, I just like writing them. I mean, I write book reviews, even if I know they're, it don't know if they're going to be published or not, uh, because it's kind of how I process the books, you know, uh, it's how I respond to writing is through writing. And so, uh, so I wanted to, to keep doing that and I wanted to contribute to the city's literary scene in some way. Um, and so I, uh, was out to dinner with my friend, uh, Martin McClellan, who, uh, who we met through Twitter, um, completely randomly. Yeah, and Twitter. Yeah, go Twitter. It's it's really worked out for me. And uh, <laughs> uh, and um, Martin was over dinner. He said, you know, we should start the Seattle Review of Books. And I was like, well, first of all, that URL cannot be open. <laughs> uh, and so he looked it up on his phone, and it was open. And um, so he went home and uh and and bought it and he's like look i'm just gonna hold on to this and think about it and if you um you know talk to me if you're if you're interested and so i've been doing writing for other sites and i I, i'm the seattle correspondent for a national uh book uh news site called literary hub and i i enjoy that a lot but it's only three to four pieces a year um and i i'm I'm come from a weekly newspaper background, and so I want to write all the time. Uh, I like to write a lot, and I like to write fast, and I like to be published quickly. And so <laughs> um, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I finally sent Martin an email, and I'm like, I, if you're if you're if you're serious about this, then so am I. And um, and he was. And so we spent about a month talking about the site, and we 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 we're very simpatico about the things we wanted to do and that we didn't want to do and, and, uh, what we were capable of, uh, doing in, in the context of both of us having day jobs. And, um, and yeah. And then, you know, Martin took, I think it was two months to build the site, uh, from the ground up and it's gorgeous. And he, he got us this amazing, uh, font, which if you want the full story of the, uh, the typeface on the site, uh, it's, it's on the about page. I can't, I, I'm, I'm not the, the typeface expert uh so i can't tell you the whole thing but uh but we have this gorgeous typeface and layout and uh and martin built it all and and uh while he was doing that i was just sort of typing out reviews uh so that we'd launch with a bunch of reviews and news and uh and we did it we just uh we we we've done everything really legit um martin is uh is a great uh, process nerd, and so like we were a limited liability corporation, and we're uh, we're legal. We have our business license, uh, which I was just planning on, you know, opening a blogger account or something, right. and <laughs> and, uh, and going for it. But Martin was really uh, intent on doing it right, and 
and you know we met with a lawyer and we signed all the paperwork and everything and that was really smart of him because it means you know it's a lasting thing it's not a it's not a it's not some some dumb side project or a tumbler that i can uh you know think out on three months in um <laughs> so it's he was really thoughtful about the creation of it so he's really uh he's really the 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 brains and the brawn behind the site but uh the response has been great and i'm babbling so uh, no you're not i think you're being very articulate <laughs> well thanks. so the response have obviously positive response what have been some of the highlights of the responses of people obviously the community feel there's feels there's a need for this yeah i mean we've been i mean we just didn't expect this kind of response we kind of launched we launched in the last week of july so that we'd have all of august to like screw up you know because uh book season prime book season doesn't really start until september you know so i never knew yeah <laughs> and so and when does it last until well you know through christmas and then then you get the spring season which is like fall light i guess i don't know it's uh it's just the way it works that uh that fall is the prestige season it's when you it's when you uh it's when you put out your books by jonathan franzen you know oh, and yeah maybe you should later but. maybe but uh I, I i i endorse that message so yeah uh we wanted to be ready for the fall because it's the busy time uh in in the literary it's when all the readings happen and, right. and all that and and so um we kind of thought we would just sort of uh fail in obscurity for all of august and then in september people would notice but the response has been has been amazing we've gotten so many um so many you know messages on twitter and email and in person and facebook uh from people telling us that that, that there is a place for this in seattle and that they they want to do what they can to help and and you know booksellers and librarians and and readers and authors and and it's been it's been incredible i i can't even pick one response because yeah, it's been so that's, overwhelming that's great um, following up on that what can people do to help they can go they can read read and share content yeah can... uh come to the site share what you like um you know send us an email if you see something you don't like uh we want to <laughs> or, or you know tag us on twitter uh we don't have a comment section and that's kind of intentional uh because I think that's fantastic well you know we want people to feel like they have a voice because they do it's a it's a community site right like we're, we we want to be good neighbors because that's the point of the the thing is that this community is amazing and and so we can't be separate from it we have to be neighbors and we have that means we have to listen to the community so but we decided the way to do that wasn't through a comment section um because uh a comment section a good comment section takes a lot of time to curate and we don't have that time during the day to right. to you know uh mark up you know mark out the trolls and and do all that sort of uh minute-by-minute minute interaction that a good comment section needs. And so, and we're perfectly okay with uh, handing that part of the job over to Twitter and Facebook, which are, you know, kind of the new comment sites anyway. Um, true. So, yeah. you know, if you like what you see, then talk about it and, and talk with us about it. All of our information is there on the site. You can, uh, you can track us down pretty easily. Um, and uh, we do have uh, sort of a different um, model for paying for the site that uh that we're trying out that uh one thing you can do to help is we have a sponsor on the site and the way it works is an author or a publisher um sponsors the site for one week and what that means is um we run 
uh, an excerpt of their book on the site, um, and there is a link to it on every page, and it's it just says, uh, you know, please visit our sponsor and, and read the chapter of the book. Um, so we would like for our readers to do that, um, to go and check it out. Uh, you know, if you don't happen to like the book that's sponsoring the site this week, come back next week and check it out. Um, and if you do like it, then, you know, click on the link and, and buy the book. Um, uh, that's the, the most, uh, that's the most direct thing you can do to help. You know, we're not, we're not a nonprofit. We're not, uh, you, you know, we're not begging for tips or anything like that. We're just trying to find a model that is, modest enough that it fits with a site that also won't overrun the site with ugly ads um, and that is a way for uh, authors, usually local authors to get some attention. So if you can you know, spare your attention, that would be the, the best thing you could do to support the site I think. I love that. That's, it's just a charming, uh, charming is not the right word but it's just we're inundated with so many things we can pay yeah. attention to. This is something that's really worthwhile to give your literary brain over to yeah yeah just give it a shot you know it's not it's not uh we you don't have to buy it every week um but but uh (laughs) but your eyeballs are are always much appreciated uh, and we know you could be looking anywhere else so we're really grateful for for that i wanted to talk about a couple a couple of different posts i really liked and maybe pick your brain a little bit about how you're putting content into different boxes and Mm. and uh, I love the exit interview series yeah. with Kate. I read Kate Lebo's yeah. and um, what was the inspiration behind that? Uh, well, I was just thinking of, uh, of, uh, well, first of all, that happened because I, I ran into Kate at a reading and she told me that she had left Seattle. Um, Spokane. Yeah. For Spokane. And, and, uh, and, and I asked her why, and, you know, we made small talk about it and I thought it was a shame because she's, she's, she's everywhere in town, you know, and she's always, um, a participant in the culture. And, and it's, it's weird that people just sort of pack up in the middle of the night and leave, you know, without right. getting to say, why they're leaving or where they're going or whether they think they're going to come back or, or anything like that. So, so again, as part of sort of our good neighbor policy, we wanted to um, have a sort of a way to say goodbye to people or to talk about any grievances they might have um, because Seattle's in a, you know, I, 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 I'm sure I don't need to tell you, Seattle's in a big state of change right now. And, and there's a lot of talk about whether artists can afford to live in the city and, 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 um, and I think that's something that's going to be maybe a repeating theme in the exit interview series. Uh, you know, some people I plan on talking to are leaving to go to school somewhere. So it's not always, you know, the rent is too damn high. But right. it's, it's um, these are the issues that writers are concerned about, and, and they should be, you know. And so just uh, today, as we're recording this, uh, we just launched uh, the pair the pairing uh, feature to exit interview, which is new hire, where we interview somebody who just moved to town oh, about why they why they came here and what they hope to see out of Seattle and things like that. Um, and you know, I mean, this sort of says a lot about about Martin and I is that uh, I suggested exit interview and he's like, you should do new hire too. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess the glass is half full if you look at it that way, you know. So it's it's uh, it's it's. Um, and it was it was really good, you know. We got this uh, this this uh, gentleman who just moved to town, uh, and he worked for AWP, and now he's he's uh, volunteering a lit crawl in Hugo House, and he's super excited about the city. And and you know, as somebody who's been here 15 years, you don't get to see the city through new eyes like that. And so I think the two columns together will will uh, do will will be will be a um, 
an interesting pairing because um, you'll get maybe a dystopian view of Seattle in one week and and uh, and a <laughs> utopian view the next week. Uh, we're planning on doing it every every two weeks. We're going to alternate the two roughly. So that's the plan. I love that you're doing a sort of a, um, a roundup of the literary events for the week. Yeah, each week. And that comes out, does it come out on a Monday? Or? It's Monday morning, yeah. Monday morning at 10 is the way we have it set up now. If you have any thoughts on that, please, again, uh, let me know on the Twitters or the Facebooks or the emails. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's uh, at, we're working on setting up a literary calendar, but um, uh, uh, apparently doing calendars is like one of the more difficult things to do when you're building a website. Um, you were nodding. I, I, so, I, I, did, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm an, yeah, I'm an actor, and so sometimes yeah. I react with my face or my hands. No, no, I, no, that's great. It's not good for 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 a, a listening medium. But yeah. do go on. No, it's uh, it's it's just something that I had never thought of because I've never had to do that part. Um, but calendars are really tough, and so we wanted to launch without the calendar, and we'll have one going this fall, um, hopefully. Um, but. For right now, you know, we wanted to at least highlight uh, the the way it works now is we highlight one event per day of the week. Um, so uh, so once the calendar's up and running, you'll have the full gamut of, of events to choose from. And I'll probably we'll probably still pick one event a day to be the you know featured event. Um, but it's it's I think that's really important if you're doing. Uh, if you're if you're doing a literary site because that is part of the appeal of Seattle is that there is almost something every day of the year except for you know christmas and thanksgiving i think you could find a book club or you could find uh usually there's three or four readings on a given weeknight um more in the fall um and and uh you know and and part of the reason why we started this site was because you don't see all of those all of those events in in every um, in every media outlet in town. You know, I mean, City Arts covers books, but their their reading calendar is pretty slim in the in the print edition. You know, in the Seattle Times, Marianne Gwynn has been the books editor there, and and she she you know she she covers books uh, really well, but. Um, but this, there's so much going on in the city that it's really hard to have a sense of how broad um, the the interests are, you know, and how, how there are cooking classes at the book larder and there are book clubs or a Buckminster Filler Appreciation Night at, at Ada's Technical what? Books on Capitol Hill. Yeah, it's their second annual one was just a, a couple weeks ago, you know, and... So you're you're we just wanted to to let people know and and this was like the most immediate way we could do it that there is a lot going on and and uh and so we want to be able to direct people towards um some of the best things that we think are going on. I think that's one of that's one of my favorite things to do is connect and for me, I come from a theater background, so I would say audiences to performances, but then also readers to writers, because yeah. there's, it's that same sort of impermanent connection, this little utopia you get for an hour or so with a reading as you do with a theater performance, where yeah. you're all in community, you're all experiencing a live thing, hopefully not on a screen, hopefully your phone is put away. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel it's one of... One of the more authentic experiences we get to have as humans that's yeah. still available to us. Yeah, absolutely, and it's 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 such a it's such a great thing to be able to 
you know, get inside the head of a writer for and and to see what the writer is is like. You know, I think a lot of people don't even think of books as something that are are written. You know, by that they people. just appear. Yeah, by human beings. You know, who are a little socially awkward and um, <laughs> and so yeah, readings I think are 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 a lot of fun and and always interesting even if they are you know sometimes sometimes you go to Elliott Bay at two in the afternoon on a Saturday and it'll be a debut novelist and it'll be it'll be a little awkward and I think that's amazing I love those you know because and then the author will come back three years later and they'll be they'll be a little more polished and that's usually good sometimes it's a little sad because you like the awkwardness but it's just it's 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 something that that not everybody gets, you know. Um, Seattle is one of the best reading towns in 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 the country. It's still one of the few places they send, you know. New York will send writers to on tour, and so it's something that um, that I think we 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 need to appreciate um, because it is it's it's a special it's a special intimate culture that that does not exist everywhere in America. What is it about Seattle? And maybe you've been asked this like way too many times, but what is it about this city that draws writers and readers, do you think? Well, I mean, speaking from my experience, I'm from the East Coast. I was born in Maine, and uh, I lived in Boston because Boston's like the training wheel city. If you're from Maine, it's like the city; <laughs> it's the closest. It's two hours away. You not too there. scary. Yeah, you not come too. Back right, home. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can take the Greyhound. It's two hours, and um, but I, uh, I visited a friend here and I just, um, it was in the middle of the winter and it was raining and I just loved it. It was, it was, you know, it, it, it's, it was winter without the snow, which I was getting sick of. And it, it, it forces you to have an interior life when you're, when you can't go outside and hang out or, or, or when, you know, when, when the sky is oppressively depressing, uh, you know, when it's cloudy for three months in a row, like it, it, it rewards people who like to stay inside and read and, and who want to write more. And that was the thing that drew me. And I think that draws a lot of writers. Um, also, I mean, there's no one, no one reason why the city is so amazing. I mean, I think part of the reason why the city has become such a, a hub for literature is, um, Rick Simonson at Elliott Bay, uh, who's the events yeah. events coordinator there, he started at Elliott Bay, I think, a year after they opened, uh, not very far from where we're recording this. Um, he worked at a restaurant next to Elliott Bay, and he uh, he was taking out the trash, and he saw the bookstore, and he walked in, and he's like, is this a bookstore? I love books. And they hired him, and he had no experience doing any of that. And <laughs> Now he is, uh, he brings, you know, he brings, um, he brings hundreds of readers to town every year. And, um, I worked at Elliott Bay Book Company and I went to Book Expo America, which is the annual, uh, big convention. Um, and when you walk the floor with, uh, the, the convention floor with Rick Simonson, he's a rock star. You know, all the PR <laughs> people are, uh, from, from the big houses in New York, publishing houses in New York are like, Ricky! And, and calling him over and, and everybody <laughs> wants to know what he thinks of this book and that book and um he really i think he kind of helped put seattle on the map so far as readings go um and then you have you know the the uh, you have uh you know uh you've got oh god so many there's you know uh richard hugo and there's there's uh um and there's the hugo house and there's hedgebrook and there are all these great organizations you've got copper canyon press in port townsend which they're like the you know the best poetry publisher in the united states um and 
Fanographics, who are the best publisher of comics in the United States. And I think those all sort of gravitated to the area, maybe because of the weather, maybe because they liked um, the the progressive politics. Um, but um, it just became a community. And I think it, it happened organically. It wasn't any one person, uh, you know, like, Jeff Bezos, who are like decided this is going to be the new <laughs> literary capital of the U.S. It happened organically, and I think that's that's kind of amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another feature that I like on the site is um, talk with a bookseller. I'm, I'm not what's the, the actual bookstore of the month. Bookstore of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first one was. Queen Anne? It was uh, Mercer Street. Mercer Books Street. In I Queen Anne. Up. I apologize. Um, no, no, no. That's okay. They, they, the Queen Anne Book Company is also in Queen Anne. They're on the top of the hill, and they, they're a great uh, new bookstore. Um, Mercer Street Books uh, on Mercer Street in uh, Lower <laughs> Queen Anne. Uh, they are, well, we had kind of a personal reason for choosing them, and that um, when Martin and I started thinking up the site, I was going through the logistical issues of running a book site and uh one of them was that both martin and i live in apartments and uh so we couldn't get the mail the books in the mail to our houses and i was like this is actually a serious problem because we can't get a p.o box because a lot of the books come fedex and so sure. so the actual mailing of the books was going to be a, a confounding problem for us and and martin uh asked mercer street books which is his local used bookstore if, if they could be our our mailing address and they Can said yes send the books to you? yes yeah and uh so he picks them up there uh, a few times a week and um and uh they're just an amazing used bookstore uh they're uh uh they've been there for um seven years i think uh don't quote me on that it's on the site um but Debbie, the owner, has worked at Twice Old Tales, and she worked at Wessel and Lieberman down in Pioneer Square. And, and uh, she's got now, uh, she moved here almost the exact same time that I did. In fact, she thinks that I might have taken the job at Elliott Bay that she said no to. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> weirdly, uh, uh, we, we were both applying at the same time. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, she's got a lot of history in town now. Um, that spot has been, it used to be Tidal Wave Books, which was a beloved bookstore in Seattle. It was where August Wilson used to shop. Um, it was like his neighborhood bookstore. You could go in there at all hours and see him uh, wow. standing in the aisles reading. Um, and and it's a it's a gorgeous bookshop, and it's it's uh, it's so well curated, and it's it's clean, and it's uh, it's gorgeous, and. Um, and it's also a used bookstore, so it's the sort of thing that you don't see, you don't you don't mention a lot um, on a on a site that's interested in readings and things like that, right? So that's what the feature is about. We wanted to spotlight um, bookstores and bookstore culture because it's something that's disappearing in a lot of parts of the country, but is still thriving in Seattle. Um, and so every month we choose one bookstore and I go and interview the owner and, uh, and the staff and we talk. And, um, uh, so every Wednesday we'll run a, a, a little sort of dispatch from the bookstore and, and talk about one of the things that makes the bookstore unique, um, and, uh, and where the owner comes from and what the owner wants to do and things the owner has learned over the course of running the bookstore. And I, and I don't think anybody is, has, 
really done that um, as a feature, and it's uh, something I've always wanted to do because I come from a bookselling background, and I know that bookselling is really fascinating stuff. And um, you know, because you're more than just a, a retail store employee, you're you're also uh, sort of a you're a psychologist, you're a social mm-hmm. worker, you do all these things uh, uh, as a part of the community. You're a research assistant, um, and and it's a fascinating job, and. Um, I don't want to say that it's dying because I think the bookstores are are going to exist for as long as there's a culture, but um, it is something that you know I, I think San Antonio uh, their their last bookstore closed a couple of years ago and they just don't have a bookstore anymore they just have Amazon um, and uh, so there there are cities in America that are that are heading in that direction and so I wanted to sort of preserve but mostly celebrate uh this culture and get some of those great stories that booksellers tell each other over beers and and uh and and share them with the public um so yeah that's, that's do you have any bookseller over beer stories you can share or give us the <laughs> cliff notes of well i mean um yeah i mean there are lots of there are lots of bookselling stories i i've i've told a lot of them uh in my job at the stranger and i'm sure i'll tell more uh at seattle review of books but you know i mean one of the most interesting things and and i'm sure that uh that booksellers don't want me to talk about it is is uh is chasing after shoplifters um is was one oh, of my favorite things yeah um uh people shoplift a fair amount from bookstores and uh i mean to me that's like the worst kind of crime right like right? especially an independent bookstore not that it's okay to steal from a, i mean i worked at a borders before i worked at elliott bay um you know and that's not okay either but i mean my god if you're if you're stealing from an independent bookstore you must be some kind of monster right like um so yeah there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of that and um and and I was young and spry and so I would chase them down and um <laughs> there was one there was one young man who uh was stealing a bunch of uh comic books a bunch of graphic novels about superheroes again is that's really offensive to me like you're going to steal a book about superman like maybe you should think about your life choices <laughs> and he ran he ran from the store and i ran after him with a couple other people and um we chased him under the viaduct and then uh a a homeless man uh uh stood up and uh from from where he was resting under the viaduct and said is this man bothering you to 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 us and then he pulled a knife and he started waving the knife around and so the guy ran in the other direction and we followed him and he ran into an italian restaurant on yesler way and then ran downstairs and um uh where he was trapped uh it was the bathrooms and uh and he ran into the ladies room and we had called the police, and the police were chasing after us, who were chasing after the guy. And the police came down into the basement, uh, into the ladies' room, and uh, they went into the ladies' room, and uh, they could hear some rustling in the stall, um, and they, he, he, they couldn't see his feet. He was standing on the, on the toilet. And so they knock on the door, <laughs> and he actually goes, Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> And they, you know, they got him to open the door, and they 
you know, they told him that his that his uh, that his lady impression was maybe not the best, and they uh, they 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 booked him. Haha, uh, no pun intended. I promise. I'm sorry. That was terrible. Um, if by terrible you mean amazing, <laughs> yeah. So so that was that was one of the things that people don't often think of with booksellers, and uh, you know, for God's sake, don't steal from bookstores, please. <laughs> This is the PSA portion of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> Where are some of your favorite places to attend readings? I mean, obviously people know Elliott Bay. Yeah. Um, but maybe some more hole-in-the-wall places that people might not know about. Well, um, oh, God. They're all, they're also, they all have their own character, you know? Like, Town Hall is, is like a church. And I, I've had, a, I've hosted events there, and I feel like I'm, you know, on the wrong end of a church. And <laughs> Um, uh, so they, they each have their own character. I think one of the, one of the best readings I've been to in a long time is, uh, the Dock Street Press Salon at Finney Books, uh, okay. up on Finney Ridge, um, which is maybe not a, a hole in the wall exactly, but it's, it's a small bookstore. And, um, uh, Dock Street Press is a local publisher. Uh, Dane Bears is the, the man who runs the press. And, he decided he was going to hold a salon, which is basically, I guess, like a reading only where the writers hang around and talk afterwards. Um, but it's well attended, and he usually has two or three readers, and um, they read for about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, there's usually booze uh, in the back, and uh, people just hang around Finney Books, which is just a gorgeous bookstore, and uh, and uh, talk with the writers after the reading, and... Um, and it's 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 really nice in that it's it's very low lo-fi and it's low-key and it's chill and uh and nobody's in a hurry to leave afterwards which is nice and it's not as as uh um uh as sort of hierarchical as as you know a big name reading at town hall would be because those have to be right you have 800 people there to see a writer so people are going to um get their book signed and they're going to have to move on to make room for other people but at at finney books you know it's it's just a uh it's it's just a nice way to hang out with some writers and it's it's uh once a month it's actually happening by the time this is released it'll have already happened but um you can check out seattle review of books for when the next one will be for more information yeah yeah can i pick your brain a little bit about how how does your when you're reading a book and then afterwards writing a review mm-hmm. what what is that process for you are you taking notes as you're reading the book or are you experiencing the book as a whole and then sitting down in front of a computer what let's let's go behind the reviews <laughs> well it's it's kind of uh it's hard for me to say, like, people ask me, you know, if I ever actually read books anymore, if I, if I just read them for review, as though those are two separate things. But like I said, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm at the point in my life where I can't read a book without responding and writing to it, which is, uh, maybe sounds unhealthy to some people, but <laughs> to me it's totally uh, 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 an understandable way to respond to a book, right? Like a book is a piece of writing. So why not respond to it in a piece of writing? That's like, that's the whole, um, idea behind the site is we want to, to promote a culture of, uh, of, of, uh, of beautiful writing in response to beautiful writing. Um, so when I read a book, I do, I usually, um, 
put sticky notes on passages that really strike me. Um, and I guess I'm always reading it with a critical eye. Um, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy the books or anything like that. I think that's what people think, that I'm reading it in my head and I'm always like, hmm, you know. And, and like Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, yeah. marking it up with red pen. Yeah, and like giving a thumbs up or a thumbs down to every sentence. And it's not like that. It's, I, I think I read books the way other people do, just a little faster. Um, uh, but it's it's... It's just a matter of, of, of finding the things that are interesting about the book or the things that have value in the book and, and then trying to amplify that value in a piece of writing. And that's usually I think about it as sort of being in, in conversation with a book. Sometimes it's, you know, giving a lecture to the book. Sometimes it's, it's just, you know, it's just uh, – it's it's – trying to pick at the book and figure out why it approaches something from a way that I, I disagree with, um, or, or figure out how a great book works. Um, and so there, there are all sorts of different ways. It's all, it's all, it's all conversation. I think it's all, it's all me trying to understand how I feel about a book and, and what a book's position is in the world. And so everyone is kind of different, but in everyone I, I do I do mark the passages that strike me and then I sit down and then I sort of wrestle those passages into a piece of writing where that um that I feel like does the book justice. Yeah. Yeah. How many can I, how many books do you read a week? Well, um, ironically, right now, not as many <laughs> because I'm starting a book review site. Um, so <laughs> at the, I'm too busy building the book review sites. Review I, I am editing uh, freelance reviews, which is great, but uh, but is is uh, is consuming a lot of my time. So right now, I'm reading one or two a week. Uh, my usual standard, I'm usually very good about this, is three to four a week. Um, and I, I I can see the point where I'm going to get where I'll be able to get back up to three to four a week because. Right now, I feel like I'm, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not activating certain parts of my brain enough for me to be happy. So, uh, so it's just a matter of finding the standards and procedures to the site that'll get me back to that place. Because I'm not really happy unless I'm reading three to four books a site uh, a week. That's fantastic. It's good. I'm yeah, I'm proud of myself for reading two books last month. But I'll, I'll try to. <laughs> That's very increase good. Increase the frequency. No, I think I, I I think you know some people ask me if I speed read, and I, I I certainly don't. I just read very quickly. Reading has always been really important to me. You know, I, I my first memory is teaching myself how to read when I was a kid because I wanted to know what the bubbles over Superman and Charlie Brown's heads were saying. You know, and yeah. so it's 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 just the way it's the way that I. I like to appreciate art. You know, I don't, I don't play video games and I, I go to the movies a lot and I'll go to plays and things, but, but books are always what I come back to. And so I just, I happen to read quickly, but if you read, you know, a book a month or, or a book every six months, I'm, it's, it's fine. And nobody should feel guilty for that. It's, 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 it's wonderful enough that you're, you're reading and that you're engaging in, in, in literature. Nothing about reading should make anyone feel guilty. You know, I think that's, I think it's, it's a virtue. Um, and it's always a virtue. And so, so, um, you know, if you can't finish a book, you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Nancy Pearl has said a lot about that. You know, it's life's too short to read a 500 page book by an angry white dude, you know? So like (laughs) move on and it's okay. I give you permission. So, yeah. Well, I love that because I feel that 
all it takes is having one crappy English teacher, and, yeah. you know, in high school yeah. judging a paper you wrote for someone not, you know, once yeah. once re- reading is no longer required yeah. to sort of put that away. I love that there's so many writers out there that you're going to be able to find yeah. what you want to read. Yeah. You know, Felicia yeah. Day is here. I've seen, so I like geeked out a little bit because Felicia Day is here promoting her book today. Yeah. And that's amazing. And the hardest I fangirled at Hedgebrick was Nancy Pearl when I met yeah. Nancy Pearl. Nancy, Just Nancy's fun, amazing. I, I screeched her name and that was not at all <laughs> professional, but she has a granddaughter who's into theater as well. So she understood. Mm-hmm. Digging into what you said about angry white dudes. Yeah. Uh, I love the interview that you did with, is Nicola Griffith? Yeah, yeah, Nicola Griffith, yeah. About following up on the, for those of you listening who haven't read it, she wrote a piece for The Guardian, mm-hmm. and she had, maybe you should talk about this, because you interviewed her, and, <laughs> and, and I don't want to screw up again. Well, she, um, she, what she did was, she was very interested in uh, representation in literature. And so what she did was she looked at some of the most prestigious book awards, um, the ones that happen every year, and she counted the number of men who won those awards and the number of women who won those awards. And the next step that she took, which is which is something that I don't think anyone else thought to do, was she right. counted how many books... Um, how many of those books by women were about male protagonists and the vast majority of the the books written by women that have won awards were about men um and she published her findings and she she made charts and graphics and and uh she thinks the charts are really what what made the 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 post a sort of a global phenomenon right. because um we respond well to visual data and so, uh, so yeah, she just wrote about representation in a way that nobody else had with, with facts and figures. And so, um, so Martin actually reached out to her before the site launch and asked her if she'd talk to me about it. And she agreed, which was, I thought, amazing because, you know, we haven't, we hadn't, uh, published anything publicly yet. And she, she made the time to talk. And, uh, so yeah, we talked about representation and we talked about, um, about, uh, why that is, you know, I think the publishing industry is almost always, it's run, the daily basis is run by, by women. Uh, the interns are all women. I have a friend who works at a publishing company and she said nine out of 10 applications for interns are women and most editors are women and most agents are women. And, and, um, but still, if you look at any catalog, uh, those publishers publish mostly books by men. And you can count that out, and I've done it. And sometimes it's as bad as uh, it was 80% for, one, uh, for one, one of the big New York publishers in their fall catalog was, was books by men. And, and when you count it out like that, it's, it's horrific to think about, you know? And so, um, so, so that was, that was, that's, that's Nicola's message, is she wants people to, to look at their own bookshelves and count how many books are by men and how many are by women and what they're about. And the, the, num- the center of the book, is the center of the book a man or is it a woman? And, um, and I think that's a really powerful message and she articulates it really well, you know, and she, she's, she can't do it all herself, um, uh, because she's a novelist and she prefers writing novels, but she's encouraging people to, to do that. And I think that's something that, um, 
that publishing needs to do, you know, not just for women, but also minorities and for, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, gay and lesbian writers and, 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 and it's just, it's for every, you know, trans writers, um, they need to seriously think about representation. And, um, that's something that we hope to do in the site, you know, because Martin and I are both white guys. And (laughs) that was one of the first conversations, the first conversation we had ended with me being like, well, we're both, you know, we're, we're both straight white dudes. And this is a, this is a problem. And he, he agreed. And, um, so it's something we're trying to deal with. We're going to hire a, a, a sort of a, a public editor to to count the 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 race and gender of our contributors uh, and every year give a report and I don't expect that we will always uh, come out you know looking great in that because of just in terms of the submissions I get I can tell you that I get more submissions from men um, and more male authors reaching out to us and I I I think that some of that is because. Um, uh, you know, maybe maybe women don't feel the uh, the agency to do that, and and so by worrying about our representation and making sure that we're we're trying to deal with that, we're hoping that we can make the space more welcoming for for women and minority authors to say, hey, you know, can can you know, uh, I I want to write a review for you, or I want you to review my book, and and that's 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 really very important to us, you know, and and we're trying to find ways. Um, I, I one of my goals with the site is to encourage I would I'd want to encourage a whole new generation of book reviewers, you know, people who are in their in their twenties, uh, you know, women and, and minority authors and, and people with different perspectives, uh and and sort of teach them how to write book reviews because I think that book reviews in general are in not in great shape in as an art form. I think the book reviews are an art form because they are pieces of writing and, and every piece of writing has the, the opportunity to be a, uh, to be an art form. But, um, so many book reviews are just terrible. I don't read that many book reviews anymore that to be honest, because they're, they're, they're just up or down, thumbs up, thumbs down, consumer reports, reviews of books, you know, or plot summaries, which is even worse. Like, why would I read the book after I've read the entire plot in this review. And so, so, uh, all of which is a long way around of saying that I think that, um, it's important for sites like Seattle review of books to, to sort of keep the torch going for another generation. And we want to be that, 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 um, torchbearer for the, the next generation to teach them the important things about book reviews and to, and to, and to help them find their voice and then to amplify that voice. And so, um, you know, we won't always succeed and we want you to tell us when we don't succeed, but, um, but, uh, you know, we also want your help in, uh, in getting the word out and sending people our way and, and letting them know that we want to hear from them. I'm just like getting choked up over here. That was very inspiring. That's um, that's so important. It's so important to it is have that invitation and have that intention. It is, and we need to keep we need to keep sending it out. You know, I think that's that's the other thing is it's 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 um, you know because the the first thing that that most that most. Uh, white dudes do when they're confronted with with this is to say you know what is it open season on white guys now or like you know complain about political correctness or something like that and that's not the point like you're not being silenced you're being asked to help 
to help amplify the voices of others. And that doesn't, that's not that big a deal. You know, like I, I think that, you know, I mean, Martin and I are both lucky enough to have jobs that, that allow us to, um, you know, we're not making any money off the site and we're both fine with that. You know, we want the, the money to go to the poets who we, we publish a poem every week and to the reviewers and, and, and to all that. And so, um, we need to make sure that we're we're adding to the conversation and helping the community rather than just um, rather than just amplifying ourselves because uh, you know I mean I've been in the media for eight years now I don't need my voice doesn't need to go any further <laughs> you know I need I I need to I need to help other people's stories be told and that's that's the um, that's that's something that we both take very seriously. Thank you for that. I'm like publicly thanking you. No, you don't need to thank that. me. We're we're just getting started. We uh we we need to we need to be more than just words. We need to put in our actions, and so we're trying. But we also want you to keep us honest. So please do that because it's very easy. It's not an evil thing, you know. It's not. It's it's laziness more than anything else, right? I think right. that that I don't think that most most publishers, you know. Actively plan to print more books by men right. and women. I'm going to go oppress some people at work today. Yeah, yeah. Nobody is the villain of their own story, and no publisher is like that. But they're just—it's just—it's the what comes to them, and it's the submissions that they get, and it's the the you know they haven't figured out that you know maybe marketing books for women in all pink and things like that aren't aren't the best way to go about it, you know. And so, but without that, without a without without constantly pushing yourself and without reminding yourself that you're being lazy if you're just taking this this straight white male perspective um it's it's really easy to to fall back into those sorts of patterns because it is it's the default switch for society and that's the thing we have to change so that um i guess future generations can be lazy <laughs> so it'll just be part of the yeah of- so that, that everyone equals out, and so you don't have to look so hard for those marginalized voices. Yes, yeah, because so that, they're not marginalized anymore. Right. So that when I say in print, you, people don't assume I'm speaking to a straight white guy. Right. Like that's the default when you read something. When they say, you know, um, you know, or think of the average person. You know, nine times out of ten, the person doing the writing is thinking of a straight white guy, and the audience is is a straight white guy. And so you just need to keep. You need to keep pushing at that until it's not the default switch anymore. And I think we've made a lot of progress. And I think the internet has been great for that and then giving people platforms, you know, like I was not thinking about this stuff 10 years ago, you know, and like, uh, and, 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 um, I'm not ashamed to admit that because now I can see what people's experiences are like. And that's amazing. And that's, you know, books do that. And social media also does that. And, so, so yeah, together we're in sort of a transition generation and, 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 um, it's important to be on guard and to keep people honest and to, and to keep having this conversation. And as Nicholas says, to count. 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 I, I think I've told, I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast before, but my mother in my, uh, parent teacher conferences with my English teachers from as early as I can remember, was asking about the ratio of male to female authors my teachers were mm-hmm. presenting to the class. Yeah. And I remember being a little kid and being annoyed because we weren't talking about me. Uh-huh. And then being an adult and just so appreciating that she... And remembering how uncomfortable the teachers' faces got. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad that we have 
that we have people like Nicola who are counting, and we mm-hmm. have Vita, and we yeah, have Vita. great organizations who are who aren't being quiet, who are counting things. And to me, there's a lot of there's parallels between this and um, gender parity in theater when we talk about mm-hmm. playwrights and the national average going from 15 to 22 percent. Yeah, you know, in the past 20 years of yeah. you know female playwrights being produced and. I just love that there's, you know, there's Gorilla Girls and there's the Kilroys and there's all these, and I think social media is this great community builder in that sense. Yeah. That's social media at its best, right? It's yeah. like the anti-troll yeah. is these groups coming together for positive change. And so I'm hopeful and I'm glad. I'm so excited about the Seattle Review of Books and, Me too. and <laughs> where it's going to go. Um, as we kind of wind this down, I was wondering if you might give a couple of recommendations of books you're excited about that are coming out um well yeah let me see books that are coming out um you know i'm excited about um there's a seattle author named matt ruff who is a uh i guess traditionally he's a sci-fi author is what people would call him but he's written some amazing books he wrote um a novel called set this house in order that is um that is it's such a huge book for me. It was about uh, uh, someone with multiple personality disorder um, oh, wow. who uh, who falls in love with someone else who has multiple personality disorder and uh, all the sort of complexity that comes from that. Um, and he also wrote um, uh, he wrote a book called The Mirage that was set in. Um, uh, Set in a world where uh, Western civilization is uh, is okay. So uh, a plane <laughs> knocks over two buildings, but the buildings are um, in Iraq, and the plane was hijacked by American uh, Christian infidel, you know, okay. warriors. Um, and so, uh, so it's an alternate sort of history book um, that that sort of flips nine eleven and the War of Terror on its head, and it's it's it was it was it was really incredible. That was the Mirage. He's got a new book coming out this fall that um, I heard him read some of it in the Hugo House years ago. Uh, it's called Lovecraft Country, and it's a novel. Um, this is a real thing in the nineteen forties and fifties. Um, they used to sell. Uh, african-american travel guides for for you know for black people who are traveling around the country and you know some of it was amenities and things like that but it was also you know which hotels accept black people and like which towns are the sundown towns which are towns where um you you were not allowed to be in if you were black after sundown um and so there were there were whole travel guides about that there were basically like you know let's avoid the scary white people um (laughs) and uh or else you will get hurt and uh so it was a whole line of travel guides and so this is a novel about about one of those people who's who's uh, out doing those um out doing that uh research for one of the travel guides and and uh in the piece he read at the Hugo House, there was nothing supernatural in it. But now I think, given the title, Lovecraft Country, that there is going to be something supernatural in it. And I wholeheartedly endorse that because he's great at it. But I think that is probably the thing that I'm most excited about reading um, this fall. Uh, there's there's always going to be a bunch of great stuff. I'm going to skip the Franzen, um, I think, and because who has time? And if people haven't read the, I mean, if it's sort of, it reads like an onion article. And mm-hmm. so read the, read the 
recent Jonathan Franzen interview at your own peril. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I'm going to give that one a miss. Uh, there is a, a great book coming out from Sasquatch Books about Seattle's, uh, Seattle's literary scene uh, that, has, um, that has interviews with booksellers and, um, and all sorts of, uh, you know, pieces of history and things like that. Uh, and that's coming out, I believe, in September. It's called Seattle City of Literature. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to that one, mm-hmm. um, obviously for obvious reasons. So, uh, yeah, those are, those are a couple things and, uh, I will, um, maybe get back to you when I think of some others. Awesome. This has been such a pleasure. Thanks for joining me and Thank you so we'll much have, uh, links to the website and the Facebook page and the Twitter feed in the episode description. So... Go read some stuff on the site (laughs) and then tell a bunch of people about it, won't you? Yes, please do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.